0: You're listening to episode 22 of the Mad Chatters podcast, February 25th, 2015.
1: Most everyone's mad here.
0: And welcome to another episode of the Mad Chatters Podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney Universe. My name is Derek and I will be your host for this evening and joining me are my fellow hosts, Matthew. Howdy. And Jeremy.
2: Ooby Doo, I want to be like you.
0: I want to walk like you. Oh man, you can't start those things and expect me not to get that song stuck in my head all night.
2: Well, it's been in my head all day, so you're welcome
0: Yeah, well, speaking of songs, okay, Jeremy, there's something I've been meaning to ask you A couple weeks ago, you saw the Disney Broadway musical Newsies I've been meaning to ask how that was, what did you think about it?
2: Well, thank you for asking Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Three weeks late
2: Uh, Full disclosure, I am a huge musical theater fan I have never seen a production that I have not enjoyed um, there's been there's some I have enjoyed not
1: hard for me to
2: <laughs> There's some that I have enjoyed less But I enjoyed them all But I went and saw Newsies Which if you know anything the Newsies, Newsies was a movie that um, Was not a box office success For Disney uh, company back in the Early 90s In fact it's one of the early films of Christian Bale So if you want to see pre-Batman Pre-Stardom Extra, extra, read all about it that, that was exactly it That was awesome actually Anyways um, But it, it developed a cult following And I remember watching it as a kid and really liking it Because you know when you're a child you don't know what's good and bad And those kind of things So, But it is a good film to say the least uh, So they've adapted it To stage and It's amazing I loved it Of course I knew some of the songs because the movie is a musical as well But they added some songs and they've updated it a little bit, and, and uh, Harvey Firestein worked with it, along with Alan Minkin, who, as you know, is a Disney okay. legend. Um,
0: did he work on the movie?
2: Yeah, Alan Minkin did it for the original film, okay. did the music, and then Harvey Firestein came in and helped to update the lyrics and, and write some new songs for it. Anyways, it is so good. I mean, it's a typical Broadway musical, a lot of dancing and those kind of things, but really well done. I loved it from curtain up to curtain down, and... My favorite musical of all time is Wicked, but I cannot stop singing the songs from Newsies these last, since I've seen it. And I really think Newsies is probably my new favorite musical of all time. Wow. That's a bold statement for me. Does that change
1: after, well, you say it's a bold statement. That doesn't change after everyone you see.
2: No, no, it really doesn't. Because, again, I love them all that I see, but, you know, I've always maintained ever since I first saw Wicked, gosh. 2009 that that was my favorite and now Newsies has really edged that out so my favorite cool. is Susicle <laughs> Susicle the musical yeah that's yeah. nice
0: are you being for real? Uh, oh, okay, I, just I was like, that.
2: bad, so I decided to go
0: with that one. <laughs> I was like, that really surprises me. Well, I'm excited. I have tickets to see it here in Nashville in May, so I'm glad to hear the positive review for it.
2: It's one of those things that if it came back, in fact, it is coming back because uh, it was in Miami and it's coming to Fort Lauderdale, mm-hmm. which is only like 30 miles north. Uh, I think next month or so. Anyways, I'm seriously probably
1: going to go again and see it. Nice. It was that good.
0: Very I cool. Really have enjoyed. you seen the movie, Matt? No, okay. I have not.
1: I only know the one song, Seize the Day, because it was on one of my best of CD things. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. Yeah, I never saw the movie either, but that's funny to hear Jeremy say. Needless to say, it's a good movie because I always heard the opposite about it.
1: Well,
2: I mean, it's, it's a good, well, it's hard for me to be objective because I have a nostalgic attachment. Uh, sure. So, sure. you know, I think it's a good movie, but I could see probably if you watched it for the first time today, you may not enjoy it. I don't know. But uh it's based on a true story about the uh, the newsies the the boys essentially that sold newspapers in New York City yeah. in 1899 and how they went on a strike against Pulitzer and the drama of that. So and how
0: they sang all the time, and you couldn't get them to shut up.
2: They sang and de- it almost makes me want to be an orphan in turn of the century
0: New York. That's terrible. <laughs> that sounds awful. It like idealizes the life of an orphan. It, I guarantee it's not as nice as it looks. Right? <laughs> yeah,
2: you're probably right. But if it comes to your town, get tickets. You won't regret it. Take the kids. I'm usually the type that when I go into a theater and there's children or teenagers, I get a little like oh, because theater etiquette has really died recently. Yeah. Like, I forget what show I was seeing, but the little girl who's sitting in the row in front of me on her phone the whole time, mm-hmm. I about went to jail. Um, but the, the the children and the teenagers that saw this, saw Newsies in the same theater I did, it really brought an energy and an excitement to the show. So, it, take your children, it's, it's pretty family friendly. And, uh, you know, a couple of naughty words here and there, but
1: I heard they removed the one, um, like, actually historically accurate song about orphans in, at the turn of the century. They did, it, but— um, It was called—wait, um, w- are you being serious? They removed a song? Yeah, they removed two songs from the film, actually. Uh, I was being completely facetious. I was going to say it's the one about sleeping in feces and having no food. No, there's one—I forget the name of it, but they removed two songs, <laughs> sure but they added- so.
0: That sounds just like a Disney movie.
1: Anywho, oh. I didn't know that and I learned something today about there. musical theater. There you
0: go. There you You're welcome. Go. Well, good review. Thanks for that. You
2: can listen to my other podcast, The Mad Backup Dancers. It's all about musical theater. And uh, I don't care. I'm just kidding. I don't know.
0: Oh, no. I was about to say for real. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I said start one. That would be fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, well I I wish I could say I would listen to that, but um. All right, guys, I have a reel for you. What do one hundred Items from the dollar store, an Apple TV, and a crisp, brand new $100 bill have in common.
1: They're all worth $100?
0: Yes, which means they all cost less than a one-day ticket to Magic Kingdom. Ooh, did you really I not see, see where I was do. going with? That? I really no. did not,
1: and I still didn't quite follow I you were it. About but okay, to have like a giveaway, a random giveaway, hundred dollars.
0: <laughs> they are all in this gift bag that I'm going to draw from for one of our lucky <laughs> listeners. Now,
1: who wants a hundred dollars and crap from the dollar store? I thought for sure that they would hover under one hundred for as long as they like possibly could, and maybe they can't. I don't. Know. Yeah. I can't imagine they.
0: Well, let me go ahead and, and explain what I'm talking about. Uh, on February 22nd, this Sunday, all the prices across the board at Disneyland and Disney World went up. And it's kind of significant because this is the second time in less than a year that this has happened. So this seems to be happening um, in shorter and shorter intervals. Uh, but a one-day ticket to the other three parks now costs 97 But to get into Magic Kingdom, it is $105 per adult. So, definitely a milestone there.
2: I, I have a couple of opinions on this. Somebody tweeted, I forget who, but they brought up a good point. They said, what value has come to the Magic Kingdom since the last increase to justify this increase? And there really isn't one. That I can call. I mean, at least the last one you had New Fantasyland kind of being completed, so you could you know not justify it, but you could say that well they've added value to the park. So, but there has been no value added to Magic Kingdom specifically to justify this increase.
1: The value is in the demand.
2: Well, that for is for Disney, true, but
1: it's not about what you're getting out of it as a company. And, and, and I love Disney, but they're you know they're going to make their money, and I think. Attendance has been record high the last couple of years. Am I right? It seems like it's been very crowded most of the year at the Magic Kingdom. Which is amazing to me as well, considering the state of the economy,
2: at least you know from 2008 to 2014, it was all kind of still in the toilet. It is mildly recovering. But my thing is, how high can it go before people will finally start drawing the line?
1: That is the question. Mm-hmm. And I don't think um, – I don't think it's a very high – I mean I think it's a very high number that would make people say just no.
2: But as Matt and I know living here in Florida, we see advertisements all the time. Florida residents, they run at least twice a year where you can get four days in the park for $120 or somewhere around there. I think there. it was $139.
1: They were $139. $139, so okay. So still a, a pretty
2: reasonable price for four days in the park. Um, so – Clearly, Disney has a strategy behind raising this price because they want tourists to be here more than one day. So obviously your rate gets better the more days you're there. Yeah. But I just think it's astronomical. But
1: for the people who are going to make a one-day, once-in-a-lifetime trip, they are making all the more money off of them. I so they're going to come regardless and put it on the uh, credit card, and who cares? You'll yeah. never be back.
0: <laughs> yeah, but all the reasons you're giving, in my opinion, are not really good reasons. Like it sounds like you're saying raise it because you can. But
1: well, in a sense, no, that no, no. Is- that's what that's what they, that's what they're doing. I'm not saying it's right. Oh, okay. And really, when you talk about what's right, well, yeah. For yeah. a business, they're they're making money, and Absolutely. that is right. For you. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. It's, you're right. They're not adding anything necessarily. It's I- just. When you look at your attendance staying the same and if you ask yourself that same question as uh, Magic Kingdom president, how high are we going to can we go without people just stopping? I think that number is extremely high. So if you're a smart business person, you say these people are going to keep coming and we can probably keep raising these
0: prices. Mm-hmm. It does make me laugh that this price increase came at the time when Hollywood Studios had like four things open. <laughs> It's like, oh, this park is definitely worth $3 more than it was two months ago.
1: You know, I've been spending some time in Hollywood Studios. Two weeks in a row, we've been there on a Saturday. And it it's growing on me. Even without the other stuff there, we, the five things, that, the big things that they have there, it's growing on me.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: Yeah. Well, I have
2: no comment to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, I just think that maybe there's, maybe I'm wrong. But I think there's more people like me out there than you would think you're not. And that is we are not poor, but we're not rich. And when we go to Disney, we have limited funds. And once that well is dry, it's dry. So if you want me to eat in your park and buy your merchandise, if the money is taken in tickets and parking and other things just to get in the doors, then I'm going to swing by McDonald's on the way in and I'm not going to buy a souvenir. But that's but if me.
1: anything, this proves – I mean, it just makes sense because they keep doing this. It makes sense that the vast majority of the people that are coming are, I mean, because they're doing the surveys. I mean, we just got back from a resort stay, and I got a survey. And if people are doing those and they have the people roaming around the parks, I think it seems like the vast majority of people that are going are like once in every five year type people, maybe once in a lifetime type people. They're not like us, you know, in and out regulars, even when we lived out of state. That's, and that's where they're making the money because those people are going to drop the big bucks to go on a Disney vacation, yeah. charge it, or do whatever because it's you know once in a lifetime or once every, what,
0: five, ten years.
2: I guess yeah. that's a big difference too between Walt Disney World and Disneyland.
0: Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Alright, well we got a lot to do today, so let's get to it. On today's show we're going to do another Mad Cue party, which if you're new to the podcast means we're gonna ask each other ten kind of what if questions all related to the Disney parks, the Disney universe, and kinda have fun chatting about those and debating our answers. But first we're gonna do we're going to do another resort roundup. Now, Matthew, I'm going to kind of send this over to you because this is a r- resort you've been wanting to review because you have stayed there recently, but I know Jeremy and I have never actually even been to this resort, so why don't you tell us what resort we're going to be talking about today?
1: Today, I'll be reviewing... reviewing.
0: <laughs> After I have another sip of my vodka here.
1: Yeah. Today, I want to talk about the Coronado Springs Resort, and I specifically requested that we do this segment and this resort because it just needs reviewing. Uh, My wife, Jessica, and I stayed there for our first time together, and my first time since it's been remodeled, the the rooms that is, in May of 2011. And they have three sections at the Coronado Springs. Um, First of all, let's just back up. The entire theme, as you might be able to tell from the name, is like a Southwest America... um, mexico kind of theme i think they call it like the spanish colonial slash mexican kind of theming and they have three sections of the entire resort um there's one section called the casitas and this one just kind of looks like modern spanish colonial kind of things it's really odd for a disney resort because i think the tallest they get is four stories um which is odd for disney moderates they're usually just two The next section over is called the Ranchos, and this is like, um, if you can imagine, like a ranch in New Mexico or Arizona. It's kind of like that stucco and uh, whatever that kind of ceiling is with the clay. Adobe.
0: Terracotta. Oh.
1: Terracotta. There you go. There you go. Both and. And then the very next section is called the Cabanas, and this is more like Cabo Beach, desert, tropical... Um, beachy-looking places with tin roofs and kind of uh, distressed paint and things like that. So those are three sections. The section we stayed in the first time was the casitas. And this was that the, the left section that had the four-story. We were on, like, the third story, which is really, just really strange to be at a Disney resort and staying on a third story and having to take elevators, and
0: it's just... Oh, there are elevators. That surprises me. Yeah. Oh, no, it doesn't. Never mind. Why would that surprise you? <laughs> no, even the all-star resorts have elevators. Mind you, this is coming from the
2: child of the mother who was surprised that there were two sinks in the bathroom. <laughs> That's <is true. laughs> so No, you're right. There's
1: elevators? <laughs> no, the, all, all the other moderate resorts do not have one.
0: Yeah, Jenny, what? all the other moderate resorts. No, no I, not in all today's
1: them. world, if there's two stories, there has to be an elevator. They're not.
0: There is at Port Orleans.
1: There are elevators for... Um, like the maintenance uh, like uh, no. housekeepers and stuff
0: at Port Orleans Riverside there are elevators because we took one I don't remember any at Caribbean Beach but again I wouldn't be surprised if there are they sp- specifically
1: ask you at the other resorts okay. like for handicap accessible rooms you have to be on the first floor
0: well okay. anyway they have elevators yay
1: yeah, elevators. But it's, it's strange for me, I guess, to be four stories in the air. This whole section, the casitas, reminded me very much of a La Quinta Inn or <laughs> mm-hmm. just. just Well, it's just a nicer. No, well, not like La Quinta's nicer. I'm just going with that theme. It's, it's just like right. a general nice hotel anywhere, somewhere. It doesn't have a Disney feel to it, um, the casitas, that is. This past time we stayed at the Cabanas. And then this was a little better, at least in the theming. They are two stories reminding me very much of, like, any other Disney resort, especially Caribbean Beach. Tropical, there's beaches and hammocks and the palm trees and and, and all that kind of stuff. All the rooms have been remodeled, and um, honestly, looking at the new Caribbean Beach rooms, they, they remind me a lot of that. Like a dark teal color, they put new headboards in. It surprised me that one thing they did not remodel when they did the rooms was the bathrooms, and the Coronado Springs was rebuilt. Was built in um, 1998. Opened in 1998. And the bathrooms are very plain. Uh, nothing special. Like it's very strange. The shower was like white tile, like just white regular tile. No, no theming whatsoever. At the top, there were like some red and blue tiles. It kind of looked like a, like a bathroom at McDonald's or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing special. Most of the moderates have curtains between the rooms. And the sink area before you get to the bathroom area, like a curtain, privacy curtain. Coronado Springs has two, like, big barn doors. So that's kind of nice.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like the, like you said, that's like the Caribbean beach remodel.
1: Yeah. The big, I don't know, sliding, I don't even know what, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah.
0: Partitions.
1: Yeah, there's only one sink, though. I noticed that real quick, thanks to our conversation about Derek's mom. There's
0: only one sink. That's a deal breaker.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, all of that made the remodel. Like, why did they not do the bathrooms? Like, when they did the Port Orleans re- recently, they redid the bathrooms and put some nice faux wood in the shower, and it kind of wraps it all up. This one doesn't have that, and you can really tell in the bathroom. It just kind of looks old. All the walls are kind of a stucco, um, plaster kind of look. The rooms feel generally a little cheap, except for the headboards and the bed. Um, now the resort itself is beautiful. Outside, it's the largest Disney resort as far as land, acreage, huge lake in the middle. I think that when you walk, they say when you walk around the track, around the whole resort, that's one mile. So, very large resort, spread out if you like that. I like the walk in the morning, five, ten minutes to the front. That's nice. Yeah. One of the worst things about the Coronado Springs is um, it's a convention center.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, this does not harm. I don't think beat uh, the beat yacht and beach club resorts. I don't think it hurts the contemporary because those are big resorts. And I just said, this was an expansive resort, but it still feels like a moderate when you're in the front area. And so we were there for a conference. Okay. But as a conference attender thinking about being there, if this conference was happening and every time there was a mill break, Everybody uses just the old food court, the regular old food court. It was insane on a a few occasions. If I was a guest at that time, I would despise staying there. I'd probably get my money back or go somewhere else, try to get reservations somewhere else. The convention center and all those facilities are right up front, conjoined to the main building. So there's no avoiding it. It's not separated, set aside. It's just all right there. So all the convention, I was there in a convention or conference of about 3,000 people. So that going in and out with your regular resort guests um, could get a little annoying.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see that. It's kind of like when you show up at a hotel and you realize there's some cheerleading convention going on. I've seen pictures of this resort, and I think it's really pretty. I really like the look of it. But one of my favorite things to always look at is their big pyramid pool. Did you get to swim in that at all?
1: We did in 2012, 2011. Because uh, it was in the summer. This past time, it got warmer, but we were actually there on like the coldest day in Florida, you know, like this winter so far. So oh. there was no pool going. And I think they're actually working on that main pool. So only the Uh-oh. quiet pool. But the pool, the main pool is nice. It's called the dig site.
0: Yeah. And it
1: has um, it has a big right Aztec or Mayan pyramid uh, with a big waterfall down the front, lots of vines growing up, but very highly themed and a big water slide. Uh, which all the moderates have one. But this one, I think, is supposed to be the longest of the moderate water slides, if you care about that. Uh, So that's nice. We do. We're a Disney podcast. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, Because it's a convention center, there are a few more dining options than there are at most moderate resorts. They have the Pepper Market, which is their food court, akin to, like, the... um, The uh, the, What do you call the place at Caribbean Beach? Their food court in Port Orleans. Very much like that. Yeah. They have a table service restaurant called the Maya Grill, which I've eaten at twice. And both times have been just okay. A little underwhelming for supposed to be nice.
0: Okay. See, I've always been intrigued by the Maya Grill as a Disney Mm -hmm. foodie. Um, but whenever I think about maybe booking it, two things always come to mind. One, it looks a lot like San Angel or whatever in in uh-huh. the Mexico Pavilion, but like a lesser version. And then two, yeah. because it seems like kind of just traditional Mexican food and you have to go all the way to a resort to eat it. I'm like, I don't really want to go to the trouble. So. Well, if it was
1: good, it's yeah. supposed to be gourmet. Like the first time I went, I had like um, duck tacos. Um, And they were extremely expensive. I mean, it's duck for one thing. But for the amount of duck you got in the tacos and the taste, it was just okay. Yeah. And uh, my wife and I went there in 2009 just to eat there. We didn't stay there that time. We just went to eat. And actually, we weren't even engaged at that time when we went. But, um, yeah, it's just okay. I wouldn't make a trip there to eat any more than I would like shutters at Caribbean Beach or boat rides at um, Fort Orleans. They do have a little walk-through cafe-type convenience store, and they have one other little small a la carte restaurant called Ventana's, or Vantana's, which I think is just there to kind of give more dining options for convention attenders. So overall, the resort's very pretty. Um, if you call and you're booking a reservation, I would ask if there's a convention that week or some kind of conference and avoid it if there is. But give it a shot. You know, it's, it's worth it. They just need a little updating in the rooms. And um, if you don't mind the crowd, you can stay there with a convention. But I would just make sure there's not one.
2: I think some added theming for the resort would be nice if you had an apop- Apocalypto. Remember that movie? The Mel Gibson movie?
0: Yeah. What oh, yeah. about
2: if they sacrificed humans and cut off their heads at the top of the pool pyramid like every day around noon? That would be a fun be, thing. Well,
0: you need to keep it a Disney theme, so let's do Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom.
2: There we go. Also, yeah. what if um, you know Disney is expanding into non Disney entities? So maybe one of the sections could be rethemed to a Heisenberg, Breaking Bad sort of ooh, theme. I like it out there in the Southwest. So you would stay so the in, meth lab pool. Yeah, you would. Well, you would. The, ooh, now there you. I was thinking you could <laughs> stay. In uh, the buildings would be rethemed to RVs that uh, cook the meth, you know, oh, okay. like drives. You um, could go
0: get some lunch at Los Pollos Hermanos.
2: There you go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. See, yep. I love, oh, it. Okay. I
0: love uh, it. I did see a couple of things online that uh, you could rent. You said there's that big body of water, the marina, and you can rent pedal boats and electric boats there. So that's some extracurricular stuff and going back to the pool I did see a picture of the hot tub and there were seriously like 30 people in that thing and it was maybe half full so I'm guessing it's a pretty big hot tub
1: I don't remember the hot tub either that or it was a really good party (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, hey Jeremy they do have a big topiary I think it was a topiary of the three caballeros right outside you want me already um, right outside the main food court area Very
0: that's funny because they're at all star music too
1: it, yeah, well, I think they're topiaries. It just overall lacks a uh, Disney charm. If I was going to say something about it, and that's what I said about contemporary. I feel like that's a theme for these resorts, but it lacks a little bit of Disney charm. And I think that's just because it's a tad bit industrialized for the convention purposes. You can, you know, if you ride around a certain part of the resort, you see the loading and unloading docks for all the conventions, and it kind of looks like you're just in the back of a Target somewhere all of a sudden. <laughs> Very that's not lit and that's, just truck pulled up to the thing. That's not Disney magic? <laughs> no, that's not Disney magic. It's not well hidden at all either. I find the most Disney magic in the back of my local Target. I don't know about you all but Moving on. <laughs>
0: Let's get this party started Or, (laughs) as they might say, uh, Mad Chatters, party time, excellent Uh -uh.
2: No, no no one says that
0: Oh, I I say it Certainly not me Well, fine, well then Matthew, why don't you kick us off We got (laughs) ten questions we're going to ask each other And I think you should ask the first one
1: all right, our first question on our third Mad Q party is this. What is one Disney World ride, show, entertainment, or restaurant you would want to have nearby so you could experience it
0: at any time?
2: I have two answers for this.
0: Oh, boy. Here we go. Breaking the rules already.
2: I have a two-part answer is what I should say. Okay. Um,
0: one Disney World. Two no. Disneyland.
2: <laughs> no. My first part is... I, and I have stated this before, I love the pre show of the Enchanted Tiki Broom. Yeah. And I would love to have that pre show area with the water and the fire and the music and the foliage there in my backyard to enjoy each and every afternoon when I came home and just sat out there and relaxed. So that's part A. I would like that part. Now, if I, that's kind of cheating because that's not really what asking what the question is i think going for so my other answer is the uh, the ride that i find myself wanting to ride at least recently more than any other is living with the land and i think it's because yes living with the land it just
1: relaxes me
2: so much that i I love
1: living with the land
2: i find (laughs) that when i'm feeling stressed i find myself thinking I really just need to ride living with the land right now, and oh, you know, man. It just like deep when that
1: impresses. '90s elevator music starts up at the beginning with the little <laughs> Indian flute or whatever it is. Yeah. But yes. Here we go, rainforest well, even, time.
2: Yes, and and when you go into that first scene where it's the storm is
1: coming through, yes. with the rain. That to mm. me is like put me in the bed. I'm ready to go to yeah. sleep. You know, like it's so I just good. love that smell and that rain. All the water uh, in the rainforest area. Yeah, I love living with And them. I don't know who narrates that. I need to
2: find that out because his voice is very soothing and relaxing to me. Nice. So I, I do find myself longing for living with the land more than any other attraction, at least on a
1: singular level. Yeah. But it's not favorite.
2: Not my favorite, but just the, the one. The that works. Yeah. Just, you know, but I need to, to decompress.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. mine's kind of the same way. Mine's not necessarily my favorite either because – As I kept thinking about it, I was like, I would hate to get tired of something. Like, it's just so special because you have to go all the way to Disney World to experience it, you know. And so my answer is actually something I've never done. But that's why I want it near me. And that is, it's food related. Shocker but it's the Victoria and Albert's chef's table because it's so expensive that when I spend a billion dollars... Not really, but when I spend a lot of money to go to Disney World, I'm like, I just can't justify spending another couple hundred dollars to eat one meal. And so I feel like if I had it near me, but it was still a Disney experience just like it is now, then I could, in between big trips, you know, save up and then do a really nice meal at Victoria and Albert's. And I've also heard that the more you go, like, if you go a second time, they have all of your information in the system still. And so I've heard reports from people who have gone back and said, and they've said, now, I saw that last time you asked for some bread to go, so I did the courtesy of already putting one of our loaves in this doggy bag for you to take with you, and stuff like that. And they're like, hello, Mr. Lewis, welcome back. Do you want to sit in the whatever room again like you did last time? Mm-hmm. How precious! So you know, if I had it near me, they would know my name. They would know what I like to drink and <laughs> eat and all that.
1: Derek, so. Derek, treat. You, could you experience yeah. it any time? What is it like? A
0: hundred something dollars? It's. I think the cheapest you can go before tip and everything is one hundred thirty dollars. Blousers. so
2: <laughs> That's like what I spend on food in a month. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> like who's got, uh, That's why I can't justify doing it when I'm already down there spending buku bucks on merchandise and tickets and everything.
2: Well, your birthday is coming and Christmas is coming, oh. so everybody send Derek you know, a, a Disney gift card, and then that way he can have his treat-yourself moment right. next time he's in
1: the
0: world. That'd be nice.
1: Mm. Well, you guys... I got a serious problem because I racked my brain to try to think of something in this category that is not my answer for every one of these kind of questions. (laughs) But at the end of the day, I just can't because if this was in my backyard or down the street or like at Pigeon Forge where you have to pay like $10 to ride it once, I would go pay $10 to ride it once every day. Yeah. And that is... Tired to the caribbean
0: oh i did not see that coming
1: i know it's sad i know it's really sad and i don't think i would tire of it i cannot tire if i if i wasn't with people at disney world i would literally probably ride it two three four times in a row i love it that much everything about it and uh, you can listen to me on past episodes gush on and on so i will not do that on this show but um <laughs> Mm. It, much akin to Jeremy's relaxation that he feels with living with the land, I feel the same with Pirates of the Caribbean. Immediately upon entering the fortress, I smell the smell. I'm there, and it's just complete. Everything's okay, and it's like I nothing. Ride I get nothing
2: else in the world matters at that moment.
1: Yes, it's mm-hmm. like
2: all you know. I got bills. Nope. I got stress. Nope. nope. Got problems. Nope.
1: No. Mm-mm. Mm Just me and Jack Sparrow. And I don't even care about him that much. It's just... (laughs) I don't know what about it. Oh,
2: speaking of... uh, We didn't mention this, but they announced the details of the plots for Pirates 5. Did
0: you all see that? Yes, I purposely skipped over that bit of news. (laughs) Because who cares?
2: No, it's so exciting because part of the plot in light of our last podcast and our Universal show, part of the plot is he has to find the trident of Poseidon. And I was like... Fires of the Caribbean meets Poseidon's Fury. This is like a dream come true. With Lord Darknon will yeah. be in there somewhere.
1: Uh, <laughs> I have returned, Jack Sparrow. Oh, boy. That was Poseidon, though.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, you were. Anyways. Um, next question. What band would you want to replace Aerosmith on Rock and Roller Coaster if you had to choose? Now, this question could be... Uh, grounded in some reality because I don't know if y'all remember this but a couple years ago their contract ended and they were unsure if they were going to be re-signing and there was all kinds of talk about people replacing them a lot of people were speculating it was going to be Miley Cyrus do y'all remember that? I
0: do remember that oh that was a
2: hot mess Uh, thank the lord for small miracles but anyways what band would you choose to replace Aerosmith?
0: well I want to keep the pre-show first of all. No matter what band you add to the ride, <laughs> you got to keep the Aerosmith pre-show.
2: But Google, Google it. Kim. Wait a minute.
0: Wait, I love that wait idea. A minute. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, I mean, what better band is there than the King of Rock and Roll himself, Elvis Presley, which also Ooh. fits with the early Hollywood theme because he was in many movies of the 1950s. But he does have some kind of peppy hits from that time like a little less conversation viva las vegas hound dog jailhouse rock like i think those would you know kind of amp you up for a fast ride through hollywood so that that's who i said i'm mm. judging by your responses i can tell you are totally on board with that idea
1: well, I I'm I couldn't not imagine a... riding that ride with those songs.
2: Yeah, I mean Elvis had some early good, you know, songs, but not as like that intense song. I don't think intensity when I think of his music, you know,
1: like which song is going to play. Yeah, yeah, ain't they ain't about blue, a Hound Dog, like, Blue Hawaii the whole time. That'd be kind of fun.
0: <laughs> blue Christmas? No way.
1: Actually, you yeah, know Burnin' Love.
2: You could do Burnin' Love because at the end he gets pretty kicking with the honka honka Burnin' Love. Ooh.
0: Yeah, you could play that. There you go. Okay, so you're on board now.
2: Yeah, I mean, you couldn't play like crying in the chapel or anything like that. <laughs> Can you imagine? to me? Three, two, one.
1: You saw me crying. In the- they should. Uh, <laughs> that'd be kind of funny to see what the ride was like with different music like that. Just something completely that doesn't fit. Something soft and well. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, I noticed in your first answer, you said it was a two-part answer, but it was actually two answers. <laughs> okay refer now, I, now I'm not going to do the same thing I'm going to give you a two part answer okay two part answer I'm going to say first of all the band that comes to mind and I think I've actually said this on the podcast before is Kiss simply because of the one song I want to rock and roll all night okay and party every day I mean that's like that's like the theme song for that ride if they changed and they were it the only thing uh, caveat that I have with selecting Kiss for that is I don't. I mean, nowadays they're kind of kitschy and they're, and there's nothing really sinister about them or anything. I don't think there ever was. They were more fun, but I don't know how family friendly Kiss is with yeah. you know the the kind of I don't know what you would call that kind of clothing.
2: Well, with, uh, I mean, they're entering into things. weird
1: territory. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> they're- let's,
0: let's not define it.
2: Nowadays they're as family friendly probably as Aerosmith
1: is nowadays. Well, but- yeah, I agree with that, and that's the thing. Um, that 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 song and others seems like it would fit. Another band that I thought of. This is my second part of my answer is Leonard Skinner, and the reason I say this, and the reason I avoided saying them first, is because. I don't know they don't have I don't they're timeless but it's you know they're not like Kiss and Aerosmith and like Metallica as far as you know that kind of thing they just have a a lot of good songs Um, Freebird is Leonard Skinner, right yes I mean that's got like the number one electric guitar solo of all time yeah
2: but the thing about Freebird is it's a 15 minute song and the really doesn't pick up until like the last five minutes well you
0: do
1: you do the medley like they do with the Aerosmith songs Uh, and you select the portions of each song yeah. Uh, they go with it. that one, and like Sweet Home Alabama, and others. I mean, good grief. Th- those are pretty timeless rock and roll classics. Yeah, Give Me Three Steps. That's a good song, yeah.
2: I could I, tolerate
1: I, that. So uh, Kiss first, Leonard Skinner second. And, um, and maybe it's just because Aerosmith has been there so long, and they're like the band that goes with it now. Um, I just can't think of really any other band but them that holds a classic rock, fun, and at the same time, family-friendly attraction together in the way that Aerosmith does. Yeah. So it's kind of hard. I absolutely agree. I I would have a hard time accepting anybody else there
2: except Aerosmith. But if I did, I would have to shake it all up completely. And I would even rename the roller coaster to match my new artist. It would be called the loco Ro- Broadway roller coaster? <laughs> <laughs> no. It would be called the Loco-Roco coaster. Uh-uh. And it would feature Ricky Martin.
0: As the what? Music.
1: what? Imagine when you take I, off, he's not
0: even rock, he's pop. This is
1: terrible. Hey, that's why the name to Loco Roco the, <laughs> the pop had, and
0: lock coaster.
2: <laughs> no, and it, you know, as you take off, you would hear upside, inside out, you know, so it deals with the coaster being upside, inside out.
1: I'm out
2: living the vida <laughs> loca, anyways.
0: Yeah, I
2: think it'd be fun.
0: Number three. <laughs> <laughs> Death that. if you were forced to ride the same attraction for four straight hours what attraction would you want to be stuck on
1: i intentionally thought about different things things i would want to be stuck on i veered away from pirates of the caribbean for <laughs> only one reason it seems like it would be impossible to stay on the boat between the exit and the entrance, unless you, like, <laughs> duck down in the seat. I have to lay down.
0: Uh.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I had to, I eliminated that one by that clause. Um, wow. My answer is Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Ooh. Wow. And if I could specify, I would say at night. Mm. Preferably with a full moon. Or a bright <laughs> moon. Have you ever ridden when there's, like, a bright moon?
0: I mean, I've definitely ridden at night. I haven't it's noticed like the, the moon. The whole
1: mountain is just illuminated, and the castle's there, and it's just—it's just magical. Aren't like you worried mountains. about like long-term back problems yeah. after being on that thing for four hours? Hey, this does not come with like a reality check. It's very simply—if <laughs> you could be on attraction for four straight hours, okay. What would you I don't know if I on? could
0: take the Bat Cave for four hours. That I just like. I have to like close my ears and h- hunch down. Well, and
1: re- you know the ratio of Batcave to the ride, you'd probably be in the Batcave a total of like fifteen minutes.
0: Uh, I don't know. yeah, I guess you're probably right.
1: Maybe I need some WD forty on that thing before I ride it. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's squeaking and popping. Uh, it's uh, the last couple times I've ridden it being at night. It's kind of it's 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 hard for me to adjust my tops. In, as far as rides or anything goes, I, I hardly ever adjust my list, but it, it makes me want to. I love Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Yeah. It's fun. If I
2: had to be on a ride for four straight hours, I would pick Spaceship Earth. And the reason why I picked Spaceship Earth, one, it's a very relaxing ride. There's a lot of things that are visually stimulating, so I don't feel like you have to look at the same thing. And, you know, you could focus on different aspects as you wrote it and lots of variety. And it has Judy Dench. And who doesn't love listening to Judy Dench for four hours? I mean, come on. Definitely. I could do that for about 15.
1: I could do one ride through. I'd be asleep.
2: Well, that's another thing. You could sleep or you
1: could change it to the Chinese version or oh, yeah. you know, the German. Oh, that's true.
2: Yeah. You could have different options that way. Not mm. to mention the music is really, really good through there, you and know? you could really get wild and answer your questions differently every time. There you go. You could see every version of that that's available. You
0: could pose for the camera in a bunch of different ways.
2: <laughs> so, Spaceship Earth, I
1: think it would be fun for four hours. We yeah. We just do that. We One should. Night. We should. We could <laughs> stay on it. But we could just ride it for four straight hours. Yeah.
0: I'll do it. Um, my Except for Judy Dench, my answer was for all the same reasons because – there are a bunch of details you can notice like, the more you ride it. I love the music. It's very relaxing. And that is Haunted Mansion. Uh, I feel like if I did get bored of it, I could take a nap and sleep pretty comfortably. But I probably wouldn't because there are so many details that you notice the more and more you ride it. Um, I just really like the attraction. My Actually, my first inclination was to say Kilimanjaro Safaris. But I remember that those seats, like they kind of jab into my back a little bit. And I don't know if I could sit on that thing for four it's hours. It's dinosaur back my sore back. What <laughs> you say about my back with scoliosis? Yeah. But at least that at least that attraction's always changing, you know, with the animals changing up throughout the day. So my
1: answer is the only one that will probably give me a concussion.
0: <laughs> no, right. I think
1: yeah, Kilimanjaro safaris so where well, you definitely need a chiropractor after that one. Yeah. All right, number 4 in our lineup tonight, Mad Q Party 2015. <laughs> Part two. I don't know when the last one was. I don't remember. Who cares? If you were forced to ride the same attraction for four straight hours, what is the last attraction you would want to ride? The last attraction.
2: Well, this answer is two parts. <laughs> <Bermade>. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> these are two answers. And that is because I feel like these two attractions that I'm going to say, I would hate for different reasons. Oh. Oh. Sorry. <laughs>
1: sorry.
2: <laughs> Matt Dunn fell know. out of his chair. <laughs> So my first answer is Stitch's Great Escape, mm-hmm. and not necessarily for the reasons that you would think, because even though the show is terrible – oh, I say the third part of the show, the main show, is terrible. The thing that really bothers me the most about that attraction is the harnesses that come over your shoulders. I, If I had to be stuck in that thing for four hours, i feel very claustrophobic in that, and anytime I feel like in a space where I don't have the freedom to leave, it really – Agitates me now. It's interesting. Well, here's the thing: like a normal ride, like once you get in it and then you start going through the ride, I'm fine. But if I was sitting there thinking about how, like, wow, I'm stuck in this thing, Mm -hmm. then that would start to get to me. So the harness on Stitch's Great Escape would be the worst part for me for four hours. But the ride that would just bother me and make me feel nauseous and vomiting and all kinds of things is Tower of Terror. And I can only ride that thing about – I think we – I was with you, Derek, one time. We rode it like three times in a row. Yes, and after the third time, I was like, "Nope, I, I can't. I'm just – the motion got to me, and I felt like yeah. I was going to just expel my bowels and my stomach all at the it's same so time. It's so tame. It is, but I think it's just the mo- – and it doesn't get me like – it's just like after the third time, I just feel a little woozy. And so if I was on that thing for four hours, they would have to close it to clean up the mess out of my drawers and out of my, you know, (laughs) everything, because I would be all discombobulated.
0: I remember when we rode it with my brother and brother-in-law, they both were kind of woozy afterwards, and they said it's because when you go in the shaft and there's no air conditioning anymore, they were like, oh, it's kind of hot and stuffy, and then we started moving a lot, and it got to them as well. So you are not the only one, Hmm. but... My answer uh, took me about three seconds to come up with, and it's mission space. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can Ooh. hardly ride that attraction one time. If you, I had to do G Force movement for four straight hours, oh, my gosh, I would need so much Advil.
2: Oh, and that's another harness, like I said, that if I got in that and was not able to get out, like as soon as the ride was over. Yeah. I would go into serious panic because you really are. And when that counts, the console comes down and lays right in front of you, yeah, woo! Lord help us.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's very tight in there, very claustrophobic. I guess um, you would be claustrophobic,
1: but mm-hmm. mine is not related to sickness or motion. Although that is, those are probably some pretty good answers. Uh, Hollywood Tower, uh, the Tower of Terror. I, I don't care about, but like Star Tours, Mission Space, those yeah. kind. Mine is more on the level of annoying, and that is a ride that I actually like, but when you think about being on it for four hours, I would get pretty annoyed, and that is the Great Movie Ride,
0: which uh. means,
1: if you know the length of the Great Movie Ride, that means I would get to ride it like six times for, yeah. for four hours, because it's a long ride, and that's really what it is. It's, it's, it's an exhausting ride. When you're done with that, it's, you're just tired of just being there and, and I know Ellen's Energy Adventure is 45 but this feels so much longer to me and even though I like it um, I think the main reason I couldn't do this for four hours straight or really like two times straight is the script and the host oh uh the people doing your thing, and there are good ones, and there are bad ones, but it's not about that. it's about there being a script and all that. I love movies, you know, this is the perfect <laughs> job for me, and <laughs> we um, get it it's the perfect job for you they, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: their favorite genre is always horror.
1: Yeah, and I don't understand. I think they did that early on because of how sucky the horror section is. They had to <laughs> spice it up somehow. Oh, we, this is their favorite. We
0: promise, guys, it's a good genre. <laughs> it is
1: my favorite, even though we don't know what this movie is. the uh, Great movie ride. Yeah, certainly my answer. I could probably actually deal with being sick and motion simulators over um, having to deal with that for, for four hours.
0: Uh, you know, you say that they're good and bad on-ride narrators I I really don't think I've ever had a good one.
1: The good ones are the ones that know that it it's a terrible script. Yeah. Like or it's repetitive. That. It's like a jungle cruise kind of thing. You can tell when they're being um you know snarky about it. Those are the ones that are good. They're very self-aware that this is cheesy. The ones that try really hard to make it. One time I had a girl and listen I think this is the same girl that's now working at Rock and Roller Coaster. Because the last two times I've been on Rock and Roller Coaster, I about killed her in the queue the line when they're putting you into the place to go into the pre-show. She's like really – how do you even do it? She's like putting on like a radio personality um, um, voice when she does it. Okay, guys, everybody <laughs> come on in and line up. Fill in all the available space, please. All the available space. And I was like, you need to shut. Um, now, the last time I Road Rock and Roller Coaster, she was the girl inside the, the pre-show. And she did that stupid thing. Hey, how about some backstage passes? You know. Yeah. Death to that. I'm pretty sure I had her on the Great Movie Ride once. <laughs> I want that this girl and- to be at working every attraction that you experienced. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that and that guy we had that one time. We've already talked about yeah. him on our previous show. That was just completely... See, I like that. Not equipped for... He, for uh, he, hosting the Great Movie
0: Ride. Oh, he popped up Movie in Ride. the temple ta-da. and said, ta-da, and all three of us like, uh-uh, no, we're done. He
2: clearly, <laughs> he clearly has been working the Great Movie Ride for a long time and was passed over for a promotion and very bitter about it because he was not into Great Movie Ride. No, at
0: all. I'm pretty sure he was giving it everything he had, but that's, that's all he could <laughs> that's muster true. up.
2: Well, fun fact, those guys uh, that work Kilimanjaro Safaris and Great Movie Ride They are not equity um, actors, so you do not have to be – meaning they are not performers. They're just cast members that are hired to memorize the script. I think it would be better if they were equity actors you know, that had to go through the entertainment route rather than the attractions section
1: of the hiring.
0: I would agree with that.
1: The lady – last time I wrote Kilimanjaro Safari, she actually said something different. She said, um, this is a lot of the tour guides or whatever – what do they call themselves? This is a lot of the guys' favorite view. I was like, ooh, I see what you did there. You changed it up a little bit. And then she was fed to the lions.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she never worked again. We never again. saw her again.
1: That's the same day on which the lions were humping. That was a good day, at the end.
0: I don't know how to respond to that.
1: Me either, so I'll just move on. If yeah. you
2: could own one piece of Disney movie memorabilia, what would you want to own?
0: Okay, this one, it was kind of hard for me. Um, and the only reason, well, I just kind of thought of another one, I guess. Do a two-part answer. <laughs> okay, this was my first two-part answer. The original answer I had is only because I actually saw someone tweet a picture of this at an exhibit they went to. And so it, it came to my mind first. And that is, one of my favorite films growing up that we had... Recorded on VHS and we wrote on the label on the front. I know what this it is. Over and over again. What? I think I know what it is. Is it The Rocketeer? No, we please, we owned the actual copy of The Rocketeer. We did not take that Oh, copy. I just remember you said well, We did you not, liked not that boot like
2: this from so, a right, friend. That's how important The Rocketeer <laughs> was.
0: So, I actually thought of The Rocketeer, but all the merchandise from that is like rigged. All I could think of was like the jetpack and stuff, and I'm not the kind of person to have a giant jetpack in a case <laughs> in my house, no matter how much money it's worth. Anyway, no, for me, it it was the Parent Trap that we, or that at least I watched over and over again, the original Parent Trap with Haley Mills. And I saw someone tweet a picture of the little puppets that they used in the opening sequence when they play oh, the song The Parent yeah. Trap, and uh, they had taken the, the the three or four characters. They had those little. Um, I don't know what they're, like, marionettes, almost, that they use for the stop-motion stuff. And I thought that would be kind of cool to have, because they're small, they don't take up a lot of room, but it's, uh, it's very nostalgic for me. Um, but the one I just thought of, this is very vague, but I'm, I'm really into, like, prints on your wall. So if I could get, like, original sketches from some of my favorite Disney movies, that would be really cool, like, to frame some early drawings of, like, 101 Dalmatians and, uh,
2: Concept art.
0: Concept art, exactly, yeah. That would be really cool to have hung up all around my apartment.
1: But. Mm. Well, my answer for this was go big or go home. <laughs> Think about things I would want to own. And... Um, Mine comes from not really my favorite Disney movie, but certainly a favorite, but it is probably one of my favorite props in a movie, and the scenes and artwork from this movie uh, were spectacular, and that is uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and specifically Captain Nemo's organ. I played the organ in college. I still play the organ when I get a chance here at my church, and I love playing the organ, and... This is – I think it was an actual working organ. Now, after I put this down, it is a very cool prop, and if you look at the pipes, they kind of fan out over the organ. It's just a very nice-looking um, instrument. Uh, after I put this down, am I right in saying that this prop is, was actually used in the Haunted Mansion, either at Disneyland or Disney World?
2: I have heard that, that it was at the Disneyland Haunted Mansion. Now, I don't know if it's still there or if that was just a rumor, but I have heard that as
1: well. Huh. Well, this isn't real, so this is, if I could have it, that's yeah. what I would have. That's what I would pick, Captain Nemo. So go take it away from Top Hat Guy in the ballroom. And well, I think it. that
2: would make you love it even more, that it was in Haunted Mansion. That's true. Oh, it would. Yeah. let's
1: just take it out of there. Yeah. They can get another one. They can make one out <laughs> of paper mache. And
2: it, and it kind of makes sense because at the time... I mean, movie memorabilia was not really a big collectible thing until, like, the late 60s, early 70s. And yeah. so movie studios, I mean, it would make sense if Walt's trying to build a park and save money everywhere he can to say, hey, we got this old organ from that movie in storage. Why don't we just use it in the Haunted Mansion? So, Yeah. yeah. Anywho, my answer is something that's nostalgic as well. And I don't know why this comes to me, uh, but the more I thought about it, I could never find anything that I really wanted more than this. And that is, I would like the bobsled from Cool Runnings, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what I'd do with it. I don't know if I'd turn it into a coffee table or turn it into like a guest bed or something like that. But I just think it would be cool to own that bobsled, yeah. and I'd probably sit in it and be like, "Coach, coach," you know. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> just at night by
0: yourself. <laughs> yeah, coach. Okay.
2: I mean I sit I usually do
1: that anyway, so it'd kinda of make yeah. better sense if I had the bobsled to yeah. do it in. And have your you can sit in your little bobsled and drink your tea. <laughs> yeah. That'd be at night. wonderful.
0: I looked up a list of Disney movies to kinda of get an idea for this as I was doing it and I gotta say my childhood was like made up of live action Disney movies. Once I got to the '90s, I swear every single one, and they released maybe four or five a year a few yeah. few times. Yeah. Every single one was like, I love them. I love them because <laughs> it was like Rocketeer, Santa Claus, Mighty Ducks, Mighty Ducks Two, Cool Runnings. Yeah, like um, these are great movies.
2: I had Honey I Shrunk the Kids on D V or on VHS, yes. and I wore that Joker out.
0: It's a good one. Yeah, very good. All right. I got a question for you guys. What is it? If you could... (laughs) We're such good actors. I'm completely unprepared. If you could open any kind of restaurant on Disney property, where would you put it and what theme would it have?
1: Okay. I cheated a little on this one because we talked about it last week, but the more I thought about it, the more awesome I thought it would be. And that is a actual... Stick with me here. Tortuga Tavern in Adventureland. Now, as you know, there is currently a Tortuga Tavern in Adventureland. But it is one of those times when you see the sign, the artwork they did for the sign, and the name uh, based on the Pirates of the Caribbean film franchise, because this used to be Pirato y Perico or something like that in Spanish. right. Yeah, they changed yeah. it when they changed that whole area, put the, the new Cap, Pirates of the Caribbean music playing and all that stuff. But it's one of those times you look at something, you're like, they just missed a great opportunity here. And with the oncoming new the, the news we've had of the Adventureland Veranda restaurant being remodeled and hopefully, hopefully opened up into another table service restaurant, it brought that whole missed opportunity to mind. And if they could recreate the Tortuga Tavern... Um, that we see a lot of in the second Pirates of the Caribbean film, Is it the second one, or the third one? I think it's the second oh one. Oh gosh, I blocked,
0: I blocked out any sequels, so I can't help you there. Sorry, that's terrible. You're a terrible person.
1: <laughs> Just kind of like your tropical. Well, the tavern with, you know, the lanterns hanging on the wall and you could I mean, it'd be a nice theme for that whole area. And I'm not even talking about putting this where the Adventureland brand is. I'm talking about putting it over there, closing in the walls, uh, not so much outside and just making it just a really highly themed pirates themed restaurant. And this has nothing to do with my insane affection for mm-hmm. the Pirates of the Caribbean,
0: uh, Caribbean attraction. Sure. Yeah.
1: Turkey legs. You just sell turkey legs. I would go in there and eat a turkey leg every day.
0: Of all the answers, you would open a restaurant that sells turkey legs? What's wrong with you?
1: Yeah, this, well, you have put, what theme would it have? And the more I thought about it, I was like, this would be a really awesome restaurant. Table service, Adventureland, pirate themed. Uh, I would love it. Hmm. This is my answer, not yours. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry it doesn't have little free fruit cupcakes or something. That turkey legs. Hey,
0: hey, we haven't (laughs) got to mine yet. You're giving it away. Okay.
1: (laughs) I didn't know. I went a different
2: direction than Matt did because I didn't focus so much on the theme as I did the food for my answer. And that is I, I too, racked my brain because Disney has so many different options. But one thing that I would enjoy that they don't have is based on a restaurant that we all used to go to – when we were in college and that is it was called Genghis Khan
0: Grill it was grill, called I mean, Genghis Grill Genghis Grill, this this is grill. Is the exact same answer I have
2: oh really yes <laughs>
0: Mongolian barbecue
2: yeah I'm gonna replace the Yak and Yeti or retheme the Yak and Yeti as a Mongolian barbecue and hey the same, I'm all on board for that that is
0: so crazy is that really what you said I don't want to replace Yak and Yeti but I did say add a Mongolian barbecue to Asia and Animal Kingdom that's yeah. insane. Replace huh.
1: Jack and Eddie. It's awful.
0: No. <laughs> Anyways,
2: I just think that would be nice because we used to go to Gingers Grill. Or maybe you all still do. I don't – we don't have one near us. No, but I used really to awesome. tear it down. I used to love that place because you could, you know, fill that bowl up and it was one price and it was good. Right.
0: You fill it up with the raw meats and then any seasonings you want to add and, and then all like the the, all the raw vegetables and then you give it to the chefs who cook it there on their grill and –
1: like noodles, rice, brown pasta. rice, things like that.
0: Oh yeah, noodles are pasta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pasta also. Does not and also some spaghetti. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, that's I thought that would be really cool, because you're right, it's something that does not exist there right now.
1: Those memories. I reminded of Tanner Stahl, one of our friends who first took me there. Did you go with us? Was that him?
2: Yeah, yeah. And now, he does not there.
1: listen to this he does not listen to this podcast. Unless he is. Hello, Tanner. Um, I remember, it, you know, it's this Mongolian barbecue, and, you know, everybody's getting, like, rice and the chicken and then, like, teriyaki and soy sauce, and they have all these different sauces you can pick from. Tanner would always do, like, rotini pasta <laughs> with, like, Cajun sausage and, like, meat and the marinara sauce, like the tomato sauce. <laughs> like, why uh-huh. he he's,
2: come here? <laughs> he's from Arkansas. Let's just throw that's that the- out. <laughs> so, there you go.
1: Oh, that's a good idea, though.
0: I remember I took my family, and we kept explaining to our parents, like, how it works. And and I kept warning them, like, I put a lot of red pepper in the first time, thinking, oh, they're just tiny flakes. And, like, my mouth was on fire. But anyway, and the whole time, my mom was like, you guys, I just don't—I'm sorry, I just don't like these places. No, I really think you're going to like it. No, I'm telling you, I'm not going to like this. And she tore her bowl down. She was like, I'm so sorry, I doubted you. This is delicious.
2: Well, one of the good things about Genghis Grill is— you can you know do your own thing and, and fill your bowl, but they also
1: do provide recipes if you are the yeah, type that you're like you I need someone follow it if you don't know. what <laughs> I you're was
0: doing. like at Disney yeah. World, people are going to need that for sure. Yeah,
1: because yeah. one particular fellow I remember in our college days loaded his up with raw jalapenos, <laughs> which he thought were okra. Oh
0: no! <laughs>
1: and I mean, raw I mean, pickled jalapenos are hot, but they're bearable and they're you know, they add a little spice. Raw jalapenos, especially lots of them, will send you to the hospital. So. <laughs> no, wait. But
0: don't they They cook
1: it, though? Well, they cook it. But, I mean, when you're, when you're not – are it's things in it's there. It's not though. on there. It's not on there for like – what? Like they might have things on there for like five minutes. That's true. And it's uh,
2: – And the hottest and part of the, of the jalapeno – Fresh jalapeno
1: rings. Mm. The hottest part of the
2: jalapeno is the seeds. And so oh, yeah. if you have a fresh jalapeno, all those seeds are still in there.
1: Gotcha. I like that idea, though. Down with and Yeti. mm Mm, okay. Next question, intermaggie party. If Disney had purchased DC Comics, okay, they own Marvel. This is the other big entity in the comics world. DC Comics. What character and/or attraction would you add to the parks? What character? Character? What character <laughs> and/or attraction would you add to the parks from the DC universe if Disney had bought them?
2: I am not a superhero guy. Um, I'm slowly coming around to them and enjoying them more and more. And one of the superheroes that's, if not my favorite, definitely top three, is someone who's even underappreciated in the DC universe, in my opinion. And I think it would be a good balance to the Disney parks. And that is Wonder Woman. Um, I love a Disney princess, don't get me wrong. But I think it would be great to have Wonder Woman in the parks to show little girls another perspective of of what it means to be a strong independent woman and so wonder woman <laughs> and you could have a
0: fun that's what all the disney princesses are for
2: well you have some princesses that are a little more independent and feminist than others but i think you could have a fun roller coaster in hollywood studios named to wonder woman of some type i looked online
0: this you- sounds
1: like a nightmare
0: this sounds like a nightmare this sounds like a universe we're getting in universal territory here well, it's
2: like Six saying, Flags, yeah. I, I consider Hollywood Studios to be more of a thrill-a-park, at least in my mind it should be, have more thrills and more more in the line of Universal as far as that aspect goes. Um,
1: and Will I, there be I, water you know, sprayed at me? <laughs> no, <laughs> of
2: no, of no. The, Wonder Woman, even though she's represented by DC Comics, she's only represented in Six Flags in one... Uh, location and it's not even a coaster it's one of those it's called the lasso of truth and it's one of those like spinning rides <laughs> Where she? Lasso of truth.
1: that's her that's her weapon wonder woman yeah what, what's wrong with wonder woman you've got the entire dc universe at your command wonder woman i like wonder woman okay me. That's Listen, uh, when
2: did this all of a sudden become the mad judging party? That's what I want to know.
0: <laughs> it's that every week. You don't have to fool yourself if you thought otherwise. I just
2: want... <laughs> yeah, you're right. I just I,
1: want a Wonder Woman roller coaster.
2: Is uh, that's so much to
1: ask.
2: No, I just want some, some responsible additions to the park, and I think that if you're going to have Cinderella, a good, responsible alternative to show little girls a healthy view of self-image would be Wonder Woman. Not to mention, Wonder Woman's awesome! She kicks butt. I think she's going to be in the new Superman, Batman movie they're coming out with, or whatever.
0: Alright, well, I honestly don't know anything about her, but one person I do know quite a bit about is Superman, and I kind of had to go with him, because I feel like he's the most Disney family friendly. He's all about America, (laughs) no, but (laughs) because he's red and blue, but mostly, I mean, he's all about good, good things, like he he stands for good things, and uh, I feel like you could easily do some sort of flying simulator, or, I mean, back to Universal, you could do something kind of like Forbidden Journey, where you have the sensation where you're sort of flying over things, and live sets come at you, and I don't know what exactly, I didn't think too hard about the attraction, but of all the characters, I definitely would choose. Superman first. Hmm. But honestly, I prefer the Marvel comics anyway, so I'm glad they bought Marvel and not DC.
1: Me too. But if there's one that I... I like Marvel overall better than DC. And I'm not like a comics or superhero guy either. Uh, But I like the Marvel feel better than that. But I have to say my favorite superhero and it's not even because of the superhero it's because of the villains and that's going to feature heavily in my attraction is the batman universe mm. love batman all in all iterations i have liked the batman movies except maybe the last one uh batman what was the one with bane and uh, dark, knight Catwoman? Rises. dark knight rises was a little disappointing for me mm. uh and Here's why. You've got great characters. The Rogues Gallery, Batman's Rogues Gallery, villains, mainly the the main four, Penguin, Joker, Catwoman, and the Riddler. Great villains. And I couldn't help thinking of an attraction as like a dark ride slash mild thrill ride. You can't help with these kind of rides now to think in terms of Spider-Man. But Disney could top it off. I mean, they could make it a better version and maybe make this their first – not that they're going to do this, if they did it. (laughs) They could make this their first – their inaugural trackless – well, I guess it's not the first trackless ride. Okay, let's just say it's the first trackless ride at Walt Disney World. It is, yeah. In which – It would be. Yeah, I guess it is. The other ones are like magnetic tracks or whatever. But very much like Spider-Man, where you have that built-in hydraulic simulator type thing to give it the motion. But as far as you can see, you're just on the road. You know, there's no there's no track or anything. Sure, 3D, um, you know, the big screens and things like that would be great. But integrate it with some audio animatronics. Are you going to have Pink, Riddler? Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze in
2: it?
0: Absolutely. No,
1: I don't really like Mr. Freeze. I like the Joker and, and Catwoman and Ping I like those four yeah Wonder Woman all the way what piece of Disney World
2: merchandise would you buy in a heartbeat if it weren't so dang expensive
0: I thought of this immediately because it's something I check eBay for a lot and that is the connects set for Space Mountain it's like a 150 dollars oh I forgot about that oh my gosh I used to love connects and connects I think I had a roller coaster it wasn't Space Mountain. Well, that's not the same then. But I don't even know if they still sell it at the parks. I bet they don't. But I still see it I on it. eBay every now and again for like 175 or something. But it's a fully working Space Mountain. And it is so cool because... Oh my gosh. Have you seen it? Are you looking at it now? I'm looking at it right now. That's insane. It's so cool. Because you put it together and it looks like Space Mountain. It's even got the little um, marquee out front. And oh then once you add, like, the battery power or whatever, the cars really do go up the lift and then zigzag all the way down. So
2: Didn't they have another one, too? They so had like Dumbo. Dumbo, yeah. Dumbo, that's right. And it's yeah. pretty
0: cool, too, but I would want to splurge for Space Mountain if I did either. Oh, man.
1: This wasn't hard for me because it's something that's been released fairly recently. And they're not insanely expensive, but because I would want all of them, it it gets expensive. And that is the new uh, versions of the signage they're releasing that you can see at the co-op and also the Art of Disney, uh, most of those stores now. Mm -hmm. The one main one that I would love is $150. It's the Enchanted Tiki Room, the long board Kind of mm-hmm. sign um, Tony's Town Square Even Is kind of cool Frontierland Train Station The Aloha Isle Dole Whip sign They're they're doing all these You know Replicas of the signs In the parks And I love them all And I would find A home for them
0: Yeah They're really cool
1: But they're $150 a pop So that gets expensive Pretty quick
0: I thought of those
2: I hesitate answering anything related to merchandise because I feel like I get run through the shredder by you two <laughs> <proverbial> ringer. <laughs> so, but no, one of the things that I like there is they have the little lighted shadow boxes. Perhaps you've seen them. And in, they're only about yay big, about the size of a, oh, like, I don't know what Cigar size. Cigar box like a, or something? No, like a tea box. Like a box of tea. Like... It's <laughs> like a little big. jacket
0: because that's so different yeah. from a cigar box
2: but no because a a cigar box is like flat and long where <laughs> these are like You know, like a six by six. Yeah, like little cubes. Okay. Yeah, that's a good word. Anyways, inside each one is a scene. Either some are from Disney films, others are from Disney attractions. But they're lit up and some of them have working parts that move or the lights change colors. But they're just nice little fun little scenes Then you can peek in the window and see it. But they run you anywhere between $65 on up. Um, Where
0: do you find these? I I don't know if I've ever seen them.
2: I've seen them in the main on main street there across disney, from the right? well the art of disney is the one but across from the, uh, the emporium there in the main, magic kingdom huh. where the old pen shop used to be i think they saw purses in there now or something anyways they were in there but yeah it's you like can find a true
1: little dioramas
0: yeah. yeah that's what it sounds like and they light up but
2: it's one of those things like you matt with the, your signs i would want all of them if i'm gonna buy one then i want it to be a collection of all of them and
0: that oh, yeah. would add
2: up quickly but i think they're fun
0: well, speaking of collections, if I were doing that, I would just buy everything Adventureland-themed for my kitchen. Like those yes. bowls and the plates and the elephants and all that. Yeah. That'd be great. But yeah, that'd cost you an arm and a leg for sure. So, All right, number nine. We're getting down to it. If you could add a fifth-themed area to the Art of Animation Resort, which I'll remind you already involves Cars, Little Mermaid, Finding Nemo, and The Lion King. If you got a fifth area, what movie would you choose as the theme?
1: First of all, you've all stayed here, right? No. No. Have y'all been there? No. no. <laughs> it it kind of looks odd to me, but that's beside the point. Um, we're not doing a resort roundup on the art of animation. The movie I would add is Peter Pan. Oh, yeah. I feel like of all of those kind of early Disney movies, it was the most... Mm, ambitious in terms of mm, certainly Fantasia is probably the top but they've already got that represented at Art of uh, uh, all star movies in a a weird way. But uh, with Peter Pan, that would be a good immersive hotel experience. You could have a little playground or even inside the room elements of the Lost Boys, you know, hideout, that kind of thing. A swimming pool with a pirate ship and um, water slides. I mean, it just lends itself all over the place. Neverland lends itself to great scenery. You got the Indian Village, the Mermaid Lagoon, the forest. Stuff. Never, the Neverland Forest. You know? I don't yeah. know. That'd no, that's a good answer. Enough.
0: I like that. You yeah. could have a big, uh, like a treehouse kind of playground thing, like The Lost Boys' Home.
1: Yep. Yep. Huh. That's mine.
2: My choice is a film that is underappreciated and underrepresented in the parks. And I like it. Some people don't, but I like it. And that is The Emperor's New Groove. And I think it would be fun to kind of do like an Inca sort of area with a lot of green. You could have some a giant llama out there, or you could even do some of the Cusco looking homes. <laughs> it's a giant llama. Well, you know how like some of the other areas have like the yeah, giant Ursula. Yeah. The oversized thing. But I liked the art in, in, uh, even though that film was very troubled. And if you ever get the chance to watch, um, the documentary about the making of that film, it's really good. But anyways, uh, you can see all the drama that happened, but, for all the trouble that that film had, it turned out really well, and I really like the how they use a lot of sharp lines, you know, with the yeah. design, and I think that would translate really nicely to some architecture. Uh, Anywho,
0: yeah, okay, it's
2: got a little architectural on us. Well, you know, I'm just trying to think about the aesthetics of the that's sort. a good one. Uh,
0: my answer was Monsters Inc or is Monsters, Inc., mm. because, I mean, there are so many different monsters that you could use the live set, like, outside they have the live set so you can kind of take pictures around, and you could do that. I think the doors for all the rooms could mm. be, each one could be a different door for your yeah. uh. child's room, so I thought that it would be take a little while to work, but it'd just be something small that would really make a difference on the outside of the building.
2: And when you put your key in or your magic Should hand, red. the red light
1: lights oh, up yes. over it. Yeah. And you hear ah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but and you could do the tundra scene outside and take a picture with the abominable snowman and all that kind of stuff. And you know, early in the film you see him walking down the streets. So you could have sets like that with all the monster cars and yeah. So I feel like there's a lot you could do. That but you know a- what's funny? Uh, after all the hate we've gone for this, done for this movie, my first thought for some reason was Frozen. Because I feel like you could do a lot with Frozen. <laughs> but because it's all human characters, I thought you might run into some weird walls with that one. So I yeah. don't know. But anyway, Monsters, re- that, that's mine.
1: That one in general confuses me because they already have the all-star movie, which has, you know, 101 Dalmatians, Toy Story. It's got a little might bit repetitive... Well, I mean, in terms of animated yeah. films, uh, it, it's a little redundant. Well, even
0: uh, Pop Century has quite a few movies, like 101 like Dalmatians. Jungle Book. Or not 101 Dalmatians. Jungle Book, yes. Yeah. And uh others. Lady and the Tramp. Okay. Uh, Toy Story. That's at
1: movies, isn't it? Oh, is it? I don't remember.
0: No, I think that's, I think that's Art of animation in the 50s. No, Pop. Yeah, I
1: think you're right. Pop. Too.
0: Or, yeah, Pop Pop Century. Century. Yeah. Anyway. Mm.
2: All the values kind of run together after a while. But yeah, but
0: it is funny that Peter Pan's not represented to either of them, I don't think. So, that's a good one.
1: <sighs> Lastly tonight, number 10, Mad Q Party, number 3. What is one experience from another Disney park that you would love to see come to Walt Disney World? Any Disney park. Well, you know- like,
2: Well, like Matt, I feel like my answer would be very predictable, so I have a two-part answer. My first predictable answer was, I would love to see Alice in Wonderland come to our fantasy land here from Mm -hmm. Disneyland, California. Uh, So, that's my predictable answer. My unpredictable answer is, I would love to see the storybook (laughs) land canal boats come as well. Okay, I just find this attraction so charming, and so, same like living with the land. I could just go there to relax, and Derek and I wrote it. We just wrote it one time with the last trip, and I look forward to writing it again. And our little guide, she was so sweet. And so she just had one of those little voices that just talked like this, you know. And, and even though that's kind of annoying, it was nice and worked for that. Anywho, that would be a fun thing, I think, in our fantasy land. And
0: see here, I thought you were going to say Mickey in the Magical Map. I thought for sure that was going to be your answer. I
2: almost said that. I almost said that. But I'm I'm of the opinion now that if we're going to get a show here, I want it to be fresh.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. Um, uh, mine is going back to the trackless ride system. Mine is actually would actually be the first trackless ride if it did come, and that is Pooh's Honey Hunt from Tokyo Disneyland. <laughs> Let me just say, if you've ever done research on Tokyo Disneyland and its partner park, Tokyo Disney Sea, it looks. Amazing And has the coolest attractions. In fact, there's one called Journey to the Center of the Earth that I would really like to see because it's really cool. But I just feel like it wouldn't really fit at Disney World unless you added a whole new area i don't know but pooh's honey hunt could replace our winnie the pooh and it's completely trackless in that you don't see a track but also (laughs) (laughs) but if you've ever seen a video of it like there are some scenes where all the cars around it's just it almost looks like an open rink and all the cars around you are swirling around you and you're kind of like are we just going to run into each other but you don't because there's a ride system even if you don't see it um, and the, all the live scenes are really cool. Like you see Ticker bouncing and Pooh like zip lines through a treehouse. It's really cool if you ever get the chance to watch a YouTube video of it. And I think, um, I mean, I like our version of Winnie the Pooh, but I would be totally okay with seeing it go if it were in favor of Pooh's honey hunt. H U N N Y.
1: Well, my mind was immediately drawn to Tokyo Disney as well because before. I started seeing these plans for Shanghai, Disneyland, Tokyo Disney Resort was on the top of my list for the first one I wanted to visit internationally because of Tokyo Disney Sea And really because of Journey to the Center of the Earth, so massive mm-hmm. of an attraction. But you're right. I stayed away from it because, I don't know, I just didn't, I don't know. I don't know why I stayed away from it. My answer mm-hmm. comes to us from Hong Kong Disneyland. And that is their newest edition, maybe newest edition, um, in their new section called Mystic Point, and that is Mystic Manor, which oh, itself yeah. is a trackless ride. That's right.
0: Uh, I forgot about that complete
1: one. Complete indoor, dark ride experience. The reason that I almost hesitated is because this is kind of in a roundabout, nodding kind of way, their version nod. Genre for the Haunted Mansion, but it's really nothing like the Haunted Mansion except that it's got a dark supernatural element to it. Yeah. Okay. But it's trackless. I like the story of being a completely original Disney attraction, which is, you know, becoming more uncommon. And uh, about being in this old explorer's home and his little monkey gets loose and touches this. Um, <laughs> The storyline is you're in this old explorer's home in kind of the colonial Indian, uh, colonial India, China kind of days. He's been exploring. He's brought all these things back to his his home, and he has a pet monkey who gets out and uh, somehow awakens this supernatural idol that turns his whole house um, with all these artifacts to life. And so it's there's no, like, thrill to it. It's just completely trackless. It's just very detailed. Completely new original score by Danny Elfman. Um, just so many things to like and admire about an original attraction like that. I would love that to be here. Maybe at, um, I don't know, Animal Kingdom. Somewhere random like that. that needs <laughs> it's something. a little random. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got an explorer. you got a monkey. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, you don't know. Need it to relate completely.
0: I find the trackless system so fascinating. Like, I don't know how it works, but there, I've seen an on-ride video of that as well. And there's the part where all six cars kind of like encircle each other really quickly, oh, like yeah. they spin around the room. And I'm like, how is this happening? It's so mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. It's
2: the Disney magic That's located right. at your local Target out back.
0: <laughs> now you have to go overseas <laughs> to get that kind of magic. It's like?
2: trackless back there, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I almost said bringing that whole section of the new Shanghai. Like, their, their, their whole adventure land is called Pirate's Cove, mm-hmm. right? Pirate's Cove or Adventure Pirate Port. I don't know, something like that. With the giant ships. Oh, my gosh. A completely, like, new, updated, state-of-the-art Pirates of the Caribbean ride. I don't know that I would want to sacrifice mine for that one, but it looks pretty awesome. Those
0: ships are enormous. So and you're just,
1: like, sailing right between them. It's going to be a very intense. like, shooting cannons at each other.
0: Yeah. All right, well, let's start saving now for the Mad Chatter's trip to Tokyo 2020.
1: Please give. Shanghai.
0: <sighs> we'll hit them all. We'll hit them all. They're like okay. they're like a couple miles from each other, right? Tokyo, Shanghai, Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah. They're all right it's there. all,
1: all the same. They're all in side. China. They're all in
0: China. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, well, that was fun. Uh, it's been a long night, so I'm going to need some rest after that. Uh, party hard. Partying. I don't know. I didn't know
2: where you were going with that. And I was like, What? <laughs>
0: Well, I'm going to wrap it up here and say, first of all, we ask you to please leave a review for us on iTunes. We appreciate the ones we've already gotten, and we would love to see some more, so let us know what you think and how we can improve. And we invite you to invite us on... No, I don't want you to invite us anywhere. I want you to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook, and be sure to email us suggestions or questions, or if you have any questions for the next Mad Q Party, you can send those to comments at madchatters.net. And thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.
2: Now is the time to seize the day.